hey man we're gonna be able to you know work on it but if it if we accidentally disturb it enough and it blows he's dead on the table or if we're able to successfully do it he's paralyzed for life like that's your options so my dad straight up asked the doctor like hey if it was your kid what would you do and the doctor's like i would leave it alone do not touch that aneurysm let's just come back to it and and see what what's going on with it because it had a small brain bleed on it he said just leave it alone let's see if it heals itself and let's play it by book i guess uh, or play by year I, he, I guess he got yelled at by like all these other doctors kept you know because he reached out to a bunch of other neurosurgeons and they were like dude you need to do surgery on it now you know and he's like hey dude this is a young guy let let's let this play out and uh luckily it did what's up everybody thanks for supporting and listening to the pohada podcast this is a show where we talk about jujitsu with jujitsu people very often black belts bjj being part of the fight game we also talk mma this time around the conversation is with my friend chris claviter and dan kaiser part of the team that brings us the ignite fights promotion locally here in minnesota but he is also a former mma fighter himself and he died in the ring 10 years ago here we hear the story of what happened when and why before we jump in this episode is brought to you by way of the tiger soap company a small local business created by one of us if you train jiu-jitsu you need good soap and this is it the show is also brought to you by hamill jiu-jitsu club in hamill minnesota just off highway 55 if you subscribe to the patreon you'll be seeing this place shortly everyone is welcome and without further ado my conversation with dan and chris he just took a traumatic blow to the head so your brain's going to be making a demand for oxygen blood everything's going to be demanding a rush he fell into a guillotine and through jujitsu education mm-hmm. i know that this guy's that's a deep guillotine it's a blood choke he's cutting off the blood supply to the same side that we got kicked on oh I sure mean, for you sure know, both sides but there's a lot of pressure on that bicep side right oh yeah on the carotid so i'm like that this and i looked at gene and i said we should it's up to you but i think we should work this like a stroke and on our way into the cage and he was like yeah that that makes sense and then we started working you how Mm -hmm. how i would work a stroke victim and then we when the ambulance arrived we told them that it's basically a stroke on scene and uh they were I mean, less than educated. Bless their hearts for stepping up and doing oh, it. Oh, for, for sure, the, for sure. This is the reason why you need to pay people. To do, do you know job. that those people didn't even treat it as a stroke? They didn't know I had a stroke. They only fig- they only found the one of two like two weeks later in my neck, and then the one in my lower spine that Jeez. paralyzed me. So yeah, so hold on, hold on. I'm running now. So we're going to leave this piece in. Yeah, yeah. Let's back up and frame this. State who you are and okay. talk about what you're talking about right now. Uh, my name is Dan Kaiser. We're talking about the night of my injury at an MMA event. What was the date on that? I think it was like May 24th. What year? 2014. 2014. Jeez. Okay. Yep. 10 years ago almost. 
Yeah, almost 10 years ago. It's totally, wow. in my mind, one of those, it happened two or 20 years ago. <laughs> for sure, for real. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody tells you so long ago, like, is it really mm-hmm. that long ago? Mm-hmm. Can't be, you know what I mean? Yeah, so we are coming up on the 10-year. Yeah. Yep. So, so let's set it up. Like, tell me about the fight and the card and whatnot, and then we'll get into the weeds on it. Okay, yeah. I mean, it was something where, you know, it wasn't even that, yes, yes every fight is big. You know, for uh, a fighter and, you know, person training, you got to train for that. It is big, you know what I mean? But it wasn't something that I was uh, taking serious enough at the time. Was it a pro or Amy fight? It was a pro fight. How many pro fights did you have at the time? I think I had 13. And you were Dan the King Kaiser? Yes. Right? Very yeah. much so. Purple? Uh, Purple? Blue. Blue, okay. Blue. I thought it was purple for No, I I maxed out on my blue, right? Oh yeah. so so I should have had the purple, but then No, I meant I meant was your was your gear, your t shirts Oh purple. shit. Your merch is purple, uh, wasn't it? I, I think it No, it's I thought green. It was, green. Okay. It's like yeah. bright green, neon green type you know, uh, deep. So green. you're just talking branding, colors of yeah, gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I often early on I oftentimes got you and Andre Tiva confused. Why would you do something like that? Um I think it was the names the king and the diva for some reason got in my head and then <laughs> not even the same. I think you guys are on the same similar fight cards. I don't know there's Yeah, some... yeah, no, me and Tiva were always on a lot. Okay, of... yeah, there's some kind of overlapping thing. And he was brain. from the academy and I was at Spartan so yeah. we cross trained a little bit and Yeah. There was a lot of I mean I knew him <laughs> a lot. But so that was um that was at a uh, hockey arena. It was at a hockey arena, yeah, Detroit Lakes. And the pro fight was your, what did you say, how many pro fights? Three? I think it was my, so that was my 16th, actually. That was 16th. your 16th yeah. fight, but how many pro fights? Did pro you? fight. 16. That was your 16th pro fight? Yeah, I had eight amateur and then 16 pro. Wow. Across what time frame? For all of those, like that full run, how long is your run? Yeah. Believe it or not, probably like, eh, I mean, I mean, six years. Yeah, that's, that's tracking. a lot, bro. Honestly, it was. See, my mentality was like, I do this in everything I do. Like, if I like it and I, I feel like I can be good at it, mm-hmm. I just fucking poof, go. Yeah, right. And uh, a lot of people do that. I mean, I can see it now. A lot of people take it more serious. And I, it's not that I didn't take it serious. I just didn't take it serious enough. Yeah. Fighters should never take that many fights in a year. And then there was all the smoker kickboxing matches too. Yeah, and it's not like I didn't do. I had like some or some you know kickboxing matches. I had some boxing matches, smoker matches. I mean, hard training. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of you know a lot of people can go. Oh, you only had so many fights. Yeah, but how many hard days of training did you have? Hard sparring yeah, or you guys smoker hard match? too? Oh yeah, you yeah. know Chase Walden was there. I was. Builder. Um. I, yeah, I was with Courtney Buck was one yeah, of my main training partners. That's right. Guy's a monster. Courtney, I don't give a buck. <laughs> yeah, when he hits you, man, boy, you feel it. And uh, and he he knows one, one uh, one speed. You know what I mean? He's, <laughs> he's I love the guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. But when he goes in there to train, he goes in there to train. So you know, those are high level guys that you're training with. Um, were you the main event that night? Yep. Yeah. Which yep. is very. Ki- very convenient, by the way. Because at, at that time, yeah. But I mean, like with all that, with everything went down, like if you weren't the main event, like all right, and on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> How do you transfer from that situation to at, keep the show going? At the time, um, this is Chris Clavider, in case anybody doesn't figure this out. But at the time, I was an inspector and I was outside the cage, so that's why I'm here mm-hmm. talking to Dan. But 
Yeah, you uh, so you had a you were main event. Was it a title fight? <clears throat> yeah, so it was a title fight. But then, um, so I was a champion holder. I was a champ holder, title holder. But he missed weight, mm. so the title was off. But it was still technically a title. Do fight. you remember how much you missed weight by? No, because it's one of those things like hindsight, of course, being perfect. Like, could have just said no to the fight. Okay, so here's <laughs> the, here's the backstory to that. Uh, okay, so I don't remember the fight itself. I don't remember the day, but I remember weigh-ins. And I had cut quite a bit of weight, and I was off by a pound, maybe. You know, I was at where I needed to be at the time frame. So I got a text message saying, hey, um, he's going to be over, so let's stop cutting. And then my coach at the time was like, hey, you don't give him an ounce. If he misses by an ounce, the fight is off. But you have to remember, with fighters... We don't look for outs. Mm-hmm. We don't want to not fight. That's what I'm doing. And it was, I had so much invested in that moment. Man, I had friends, family. I had a guy rent an RV with a f- bunch of people and drive up there for that show. So it's, you know, and I was always a big ticket seller. I mean, getting fans there to support me was huge. So to me, I was like, man, I'm, I'm disappointing a ton of people. I got to disappoint the least amount of people. So the disappointment was going to be on my coach. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather him be upset with me because I've had so many fights. Nothing bad's going to happen to me. I've taken shit kickings after shit kickings and fights before nothing to that magnitude. So I'm like, ah, no big deal. But you know, with his uh, over missing overweight, I should have, you know, hindsight, but yeah, but like you're saying, you can't take away Christmas from everybody. No, this is a, big family get together friends and family on top of it it's i mean i had people flying in right we had a trip planned to vegas the next day god's honest truth we had already bought the tickets we had already knew we were staying we were gonna fly out the next morning you didn't make the flight clear clearly not (laughs) and we didn't even get the refunds i I, I wasn't there yeah you know i didn't wake up for (laughs) you know how long ever so i don't i didn't know if we went or not Uh, ah how long were you out just kidding I think I was in a coma for like three, four weeks, but my memory didn't come back for a while after that. So I had, I guess I had been awake for so many days and I didn't even know about it. Yeah, they may as well be gone. Is yeah. Oh yeah, for, yeah sure. for sure. Three hours haven't explained what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Is that go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Um, oh yeah. We already did the whole interview up front. All right. So, <laughs> so you got your title fight. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. And do you, you don't remember anything about the fight? Nothing. I I oh. literally remember, um, I was like, man, I got to get something to eat after the weigh-ins because I, man, I was starving. But mm-hmm. uh, I did the weigh-ins. I know there was a little bit of controversy at weigh-ins because he overweighed, um, you know, mm-hmm. so much that I was like, fuck, I, I have to do this. And, you know, I know my mom was there and, uh, and she's like, oh, and Ben Locken, um, uh, my corner was there and he's like, Hey man, you know what coach said? You got, you got to decline it. And I'm like, all right, all right. All right. And then I went up and I said, fuck it, let's do it. And then he's like, dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And then I said, Hey man, I got so much invested. I have to do this. And, uh, yeah, I, and then after that we went out to eat. How mad was your coach? He was pretty pissed off. I mean, years later, he kept bringing it up. Well, so, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, hey, man, that it, what happened, happened. You don't have to keep telling me. I understand. Do you think if you would have won, he would have been over it right away? No. 
Okay, he's, so he was like, for, he was that pissed. Like, oh, he's we got to talk about you yeah. falling. He's that type of guy where it's like, if I tell you to do something, these yeah. are the instructions. You should follow them. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it was legit. Um, yeah. It wasn't just I told you so. And I, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any of the fight, uh, even morning of, you know, uh, fighter meeting, anything like that. By the way, it is for anybody listening, and this is a new story to them, it is very easy for myself and Dan. We found a laugh about this. Yeah. Because for me, per, for me, my reason is the only reason I can laugh so easily about this is how far you've come yeah yeah for sure so right away there was no jokes there was no oh no, not at all it was uh it was you can't you were back and everybody's happy you're alive but then yeah. it was uh all right where, where's he gonna end up at where's the where's the cap i remember people asking if you're gonna do ju- be doing jujitsu and i'm like guys just let's let a guy walk around for a little bit yeah no he's been taking a, <laughs> he's had a long nap let's let him stretch oh, yeah, out yeah yeah for bit, sure you know? for sure um, so what was the medical state of things? Well, the fight itself, going to the fight itself, um, you were all healthy. Everything checked out. Your physical came back normal. Yeah, yeah. Everything was normal. Um, no, was it a normal re- hydration routine? Hmm? Was it a normal hydration routine? Going yeah, see, it? man. I mean, it's like when you when you cut so much weight. How much did you cut? I typically cut about 15. 15 of water? Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty good cut. Yeah. So I typically try to cut about 15 um, last minute. So it's, man, I'm I'm dead. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's trying to get re- rehydrated. The hydration was fine. Um, what was your hydration routine going? So I usually have back on. Yeah, baby food. Yep. I like baby food. And then what I do is I do like a gallon of straight water and then dilute a gallon with Pedialyte. Yeah. Let that nice. And then I usually hit the Pedialyte little bottles mm-hmm. so i'll pound one of those and then sips mm-hmm. slow sips that's what it's supposed to be but you know when you're so thirsty you're just chugging you know mm-hmm. but then overnight you're supposed to drink a gallon mm-hmm. you know to kind of yep. try to get that hydration food is my coach was always telling me eat the things that you normally would eat you know what i mean like don't throw food in your body that your body's not used to because it's going to end up you're going to make yourself sick yeah yeah, don't, so, don't grab a fried chicken leg and a biscuit. Yeah, like if if you're not eating, if you've been eating clean for two, three months, that's what you need to just for get sure. in your body to help you gain that weight. Because I wanted to gain about 20, 20 pounds after weigh-ins. You know, the next day is like, man, I need to get at least 20 yeah. in me. 35-pound swing in your day, no big deal. Yeah. Um you see, you see it in meathead sports, but it's so much crazier in in the fight sports. Yeah, because like, oh, this guy's gonna go bench press at a much heavier body weight than he weighed in at. Cool, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> yeah. But if you're gonna step in and start taking shots of the head, mm-hmm. Jesus. Um. So then you felt you felt normal. Yeah, I mean, like I the said, next I, morning. I mean, fight fight day. Do you feel? Yeah, normal? I think I think you know nothing talking to my family about it because like I said, I don't really remember the next day. Mm-hmm. My family said, you know, everything, I was the same guy. I guess I was sitting down talking to everybody, um, just hanging out, having a good time. So I must've felt good enough and nothing, uh, abnormal would have told me any different. Like, yeah. but honestly, man, I just, I mean, you've known me long enough. I've had a lot of fights so and it never changed every fight that i had i would be like i wish 
this is going to be my last fight ever. I wish that he gets hurt in the back room. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this shit anymore. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I was the biggest head case ever no, in my fights. That's normal. That's so normal. Dude, man. Like, More fighters need to talk about this, but that is dude, so they normal. Do, they need to because it's like, you know, but once you're in there, I mean, that's the time you need to calm down or that's the time you need to say, fuck it. I need to get this out of my body, out of my system until I'm in that environment. I remember GSP saying uh, on Rogan's podcast about how he would look at the fire alarms and think about pulling them as he walked by. Dude, you don't even know. He that is him, true. He said he'd be gloved up in the tunnel, like thinking about where's my phone? Maybe I can call in like a bomb threat and then everybody's going to shut down. Everybody go. And he's like, it didn't stop till the cage door locked. And then he just. Then it like, was done. Yeah. Yep. Here we are. Nothing else to think about. That, that was me to a T. Like I would look for any reason to I don't get think out of that. He's scared of the fight. I think that's being scared of losing. Yeah. Like you've got all those people there. Yeah. For me, it wasn't so much losing on my record. Obviously, no. I didn't want to lose on my record, but it was, I didn't want to underperform for my friends and fans. And we've all underperformed at some point oh, in time. Oh, for sure. And we just are scared of that happening. Yep. And I think the reason why you're so scared to go out there is the same reason why you said yes to the fight, regardless of the weight cut. Yeah. Because you don't want to disappoint. Yeah. You don't want to let everybody down. You, and that's what you're also is causing your anxiety that day. And that's all normal stuff. But, you know, it's it's even crazier to hear that everything was just totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it does what happened. And your fight looked normal. There's nothing at all that made me say, like, oh, I was working your opposite. Cor- I was working in your opponent's corner as the inspector. And it wasn't anything. I don't remember how long it was. It seemed like it was that long of a fight. But I remember it was just. Nothing remarkable. And then I was, for some, I was sitting behind the coaches mm-hmm. and I just had a perfect view of a head kick to your left side, I believe. And uh, then you fell forward and you put your arms out and the guys just caught you and just did a standing guillotine. And I remember your arm laying limp and I was like, he's out. And then somebody else, then you kind of hear that echoing of, hey, he's out, he's out, he's out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the guy lets you go, and then I, I remember thinking, like, oh, he could have banged his head, you know? Like, yeah, doing the Spectre stuff, you're like, we, we got to look for something. But I'm also, even longer, you know, uh, first responder, EMT. So I'm like, we got we to gotta go. And this, this could be really bad. I mean, it could be nothing, but this could be really bad. There was a huge shot to the head. It was yeah. a big kick. Just a big, perfect Muay Thai head kick, you know? And then the catch, and I was like, yeah, it was a squeeze. And it was on a little longer than it should have been. And that's when I told Stringer, I was like, let's work this as a stroke. If it's cool with you, Doc, like, let's work this as a stroke. And it didn't take a long time for the ambulance to get there, I'll say. But when they got there, they were they were less than ready right. for that situation. For that magnitude. I mean, they're... they're this probably- is also why fighters should consider who they're fighting for, too. I mean, not, this wasn't against the promoter. <clears throat> But I've been other fights where there's no, no idea of what who's gonna how long it's gonna take for an ambulance to get there if the one's needed. That's huge, you know. And they just live in this denial that it's not gonna happen on my card. And even the fighters think like that. Yeah, you know, after yeah. getting cuts and banged and bruises, nobody ever expects that. I hear guys saying, "I can't find a fight on any of these good cards. Mm-hmm. I can only find a fight on this promotion that everybody tells me not to fight for." Well, there's a reason you're gonna find a fight on that promotion. No shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd rather wait. I know it's hard for a young guy 
No, it's hard. You're 23 and you started this late. Quote, everybody started this quote unquote late. late yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So you want to get that fight now, but is it worth it? No. You know, honestly, you know, obviously looking back, dude, you got to you gotta find a good. That's the thing that, that's what I love about the promotion that I'm working with is like. Who's that? Ignite FC. So Igniting Fighting Champions Championship is we so with my part like we don't skimp on anything we don't want to put any fighter at risk because it's like dude i've worked with i've been around long enough that i've worked with or seen or been to some promotions or shows i've been to shit like that where they're high end or even low end you know when i started fighting it was in wisconsin when they didn't have a commission yeah so you gotta imagine like where we're at now is huge like quality so i can spot the shit from not you know mm -hmm. it's like dude what are you doing why are you risking it well uh, it's quick 400 bucks or what you know some stupid amount that yeah. they just want to get drunk at is like where's the ambulance mm -hmm. well so and so used to drive an ambulance so he's gonna be here checking people over how's he gonna get, how's anybody getting to the hospital mm -hmm. yeah you know well we'll drive him okay is so if you have something <laughs> terrible yeah dude it's crazy he's not making stuff up I, i'm I literally not yeah. it's insane right. i just like the oh, okay yeah <laughs> dude i tell you what and then how is this fight going through oh we're doing it out in this area where you don't need any sort of regulation i fucking no oversight. hate that aspect because <clears throat> with ignite we don't skimp like i said it's we're not looking for quick bucks or you know, oh, we can go here so we can save on this, save on that, and we don't require that. They, they're not going to require what the Minnesota Commission or any commission is going to require because it's a non-sanctioned fight now. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, but for what? So now somebody's going to get hurt, and obviously they can't sue you, but now you're, you're in the clear. That's all you want out of this? Mm -hmm. So you're not a true promoter or a true show for, you know, anybody to gain any leverage as far as you know stepping up in the game they just want to make some money yeah and cutting corners um saying it's not going to happen to me you're becoming a liability very much so and then the liability is what ruins it for everybody oh yeah the one that's the one who everybody goes off oh. so now we got more just bs red tape quote unquote yep. to go through yep. it seems like red tape because it should be common sense you fighters should get it blood should work be common sense fighters should get blood work done <laughs> Before a fight. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, duh. Are you why, serious? Why is this a rule? Why is yeah. it? Because you know, people won't do it. Yeah, it's common sense, but people will not do it mm -hmm. unless you put it in paper. So then, but then they're always saying it's not <clears> going to happen to me. And then I'm sure you were even never considered. Never. Oh, one day. <laughs> never. I'm going to be giving speeches. Honestly, honestly, I thought I was going to be like mid or late 30s. You know, I knew I was going to be good-ish enough to make something happen you know mm -hmm. i was gonna change gyms i was gonna i was gonna take it serious you know whatever um because that was gonna be my last local fight mm -hmm. before i got a big contract to somewhere else so it was one of those things where my coach was like dude what are you doing and yeah. i'm like ah oh, man this is just a warm-up fight this keep me because i had a fight scheduled not scheduled officially scheduled um for october of that year where i was gonna fight uh for a bigger promotion and uh is my, the promotion still around nope they just got bought out oh, okay who was it 
Bellator. Really? Yep. Nice. So we had had Bellator offers before Tiva actually got one. Yep. Um, he fought. I think it was it was supposed to be me and him, but he was a better seller at that point because it was at an Iowa mm-hmm. event. So um, logistically, it was better for him to do it anyway. So um, we got mine was going to be October. So my coach was like, just wait, just wait it out. Not a big deal. For real. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, hey, man, I need the money. You know what I mean? Like gym fees are expensive. Mm-hmm. I got to pay gym fees. I got to, you know. All these people too traveled all this way and came out and they spent maybe the, their shot. Yeah. They might not have enough money to come out for ne- the next one if you have to wait. Oh, I yeah. It. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have so much riding on that just little fucking thing yep. that it's like, man, I can't, I have to, no matter what, no matter the outcome that I know is going to happen, let's pretend I knew what was going to happen. It's one of those things where you're just like, fuck, I kind of have to do it now. There's no backing out at this point. So, you know, when... You had all those red flags, you know, those warning signs in your face, like, hey, 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 you got to stop. You can't do this. And, you know, I was told, hey, man, just write it out. I had a boxing, a pro boxing match that went the distance a month before that. Oh, wow. Maybe a month and a half, two months before that. Wow. I took a lot of shots to the head on that one. And you got cleared medically for there. I got cleared medically. Yeah. Um, you know, you you just get like a 30-day suspension. Mm-hmm. So I, so it was in that time frame. Wow. So I'm like, okay, cool. It's just a, you know, it's just a boxing match. You know, I'm not a boxer. Mm-hmm. I'm a fight. MMM, MMA fighter. It's not a big deal. So I was, so that was a warm-up fight for this one. This was going to be just a warm-up fight. And then I was going to cool it until October. And uh, yeah. clearly that didn't happen. No. Well, so, but part of the thing is you got the only, you've only got the data you have and you've got 23 fights with no major incidents. Right. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it's like, yeah, I guess yeah, it happens that's what, somewhere. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Clearly yeah, it's not like, me. Yeah, man, I'll take a fucking boxing fight for a couple thousand. That doesn't bother me none. Do you the think mo- the headshots of the boxing fight contributed to this? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you got to remember th- these these uh, commissions, and that was at a casino. So, I mean, that was their commission. Boxing match, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what these rules are set in place for. It was supposed to be, um, you know, you're suspended for 30 days, you know, no gym time for however many days it was. But see, that's the thing is, okay, cool. I won't be in the gym, but then you take a week or two off. Then you go into the, in the gym for your fight and then you're taking shots to the head, hard sparring, you know, at that time, you know, I like to spar a lot. Do you think it should be that? there should be a consideration for longer suspensions between fights because you have an inside look knowing that, yeah, it sounds good. No contact for 14 days, 30 days, no hard training, but then, or no fighting for 30 days. And then yeah. you did everything you st- said you were going to do. Yeah. But I guess that, you know, there's not, I've never really thought about, yeah. If the fighter has got a 45 day suspension and he takes a fight 50 days out, mm-hmm. he's doing everything technically, technically right, by the book, yeah. but he's going to start training as soon as that no contact is over, he's yep. gonna go back into hard training. And you remember, you gotta remember, and, and Chris knows where I was at. My gym was not, you know, pitter patter light sparring day. I mean, we had <laughs> we had light sparring days, but my my partners were high level guys and and every high level guy or even good guys, he's not gonna light we 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 this is 
day one stuff that we don't need to do. We don't, we know how to punch. We know what's up. And then you still have those egos, which a lot of us at Spartan didn't have, but everybody does. Let's be real. You know what I mean? Why like, would you oh, he, if you don't? He tags me a little bit. I'm going to tag him back. You know, I'm going to get him back a little more. So, I mean, and regardless of that, it's fighting. Yeah. It's fighting for God's sake. Oh like, man, it was know. not uncommon for me to go home with a headache. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, the gym from my house was an hour and a half one way. So I'd go home an hour and a half, just a throbbing headache. So I would always have, you know, Tylenol in the in the, in the car oh. to go home with. You know, it, it wasn't uncommon. And it's nothing to do with, with your gyms. It's just that's... The, the human body's not supposed to be hit in the head every day. That many times <laughs> that hard, you yeah. know. Um, with protected hands that it can hit even harder. Right. Oh yeah, everybody. Oh, you got gloves on? Yeah, that just strengthens up my knuckles and it's wrist. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So sorry, jumping back and forth here, but yeah, you uh, the head kick put you out, or it dazed you enough you got caught in a choke, so and actually, got choked out. Yeah. So what happened? You were cage side, but um, the video that I seen, or the video they did a in, inside MMA. I have never seen the fight, never, to this day. I've only seen the one clip of me taking an up kick. Apparently, so rewind. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so rewind. Yeah, sorry, I did it wrong. Yeah. Ten, ten minutes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I started. I sucked at wrestling. You know, my takedowns were shit, and that's one thing that for that fight we really wanted because he was a pro boxer, and uh, we're like, hey, let's take him out of his element. And shoot on them. Cool. So they started training me into shooting. I worked with a lot of, you know, good wrestlers and and, and worked on my shot. But uh, he did clip me, sent me to my knee. And I guess from there I shot, took him down. But then in his guard, I stood up on him at him being against the cage. Which when you do it, you need to just transfer and, and do side control. But I'm always the comfortable guy. Like once I got you in guard, no big deal. But I, that's what my coach used to yell at me about was do not stand up in their guard because then they're going to do up kicks. And I'm like, ah, no big deal. <laughs> this will be fine. So unfortunately I did that and I took one up kick that sent me to my knee. I got back up. Then he up kicked me again, which clearly knocked me out. And then he got a choke in of, on me. And uh, that actually set, or collapsed my trachea. That collapsed trachea. And then the upkick severed my vein or artery. I don't know what it is. It's a vein or artery. So this is a tube in my neck right here. So it, it severed that, whatever that is supposed to be. So that drains your blood or your brain fluid back into your, you know, into... Yeah. Your bowels or whatever, you know? So it wasn't that your brain couldn't get blood. All these years, I thought it was your brain couldn't get blood sent to it because of the choke? No. That caused all this? It was the upkick severed up artery. The upkick severed this artery. And then he, his guillotine was a trachea choke, yep, which, which cut off your oxygen? Yeah, so it broke yeah. my trachea. It broke it? Yeah, it collapsed oh. my trachea. So I had a collapsed trachea from either the upkick or the choke, whichever one. Yeah. And so that caused my brain to swell. And my bl- the blood in my brain was actually uh, choking the brain out. Wow. So, <clears throat> so yeah, it was. So then it was a pressure 
a pressure so situation. I think the pr- the pressure. So, so they uh, so they cut into your head right when you got it, when you so you oh, got yeah. air because you ambulance took you to an airlift. So okay, so here's yeah, so here's what happened. So the ambulance came there, and you guys don't thank God that you were there because you know my wife's even in the medical field and nobody really understands the severity of what's happening because we've all seen knockouts. You know, the dude's gonna wake up in two minutes. That's the goal of yeah, the yeah. Evening, you're gonna wake up in ten seconds. You'll be fine. I've been knocked out before, but unfortunately for Dan, for me, I didn't get up. And that's when Chris here seen that it was a little more dangerous. Well, yeah, it's just seeing how it played out. Getting knocked out and then falling into a choke is a lot more concerning than just a knockout. Oh, yeah. Or just putting somebody to sleep with a submission. Yep. And then there's that as you're going up the stairs, the confirmation of he is not even moving yet. Yeah. And then you've got the rep who's going... um, like looking at everybody like this isn't good this is right and see i guess what happened was is when i got knocked out um i was out but my body because of the blood pressure was like causing me to move my extra my hands or whatever Mm -hmm. so it looked like i was Mm -hmm. coherent but i was like out out Mm -hmm. so i mean maybe he assumed i was still he also probably didn't get a good view of your of you of your eyes rolling back like when you right. get knocked out like your knockout face you know right. it might just been like oh he's collapsing on top of him because that right right him. and it's really i i feel from my recollection there's no fault on the ref no no not at all it was just a total normal net suck situation yeah which might make it actually harder on the ref because like okay so this could just happen no matter how prepared you are right and as a referee it's something that you're either going to go like a fighter going to a fight you go well i've done all the preparation I can, I can could handle. I'm as ready as I can be. Win or loss, this is I'm gonna be probably okay with it. Right. But <clears throat> I think then, yeah, if you're a ref who has insecurities, then it can be a really hard situation, or just a human being who feels empathy too. Like, yeah. Fuck. Well, for like you, like we were talking about off air earlier, it's like at what point that ref probably didn't see anything crazy mm-hmm. to go, hey man, this is not just an an out opponent. Yeah. You know, this just this guy didn't go to sleep, you know, and then when he got off me or when they stopped to the fight, you know, they, that that's when Doc Stringer and all the other medical staff went in there <clears throat> and worked on me. And at some point, you know, thank God you said something, because like I said, my you know, my wife's even a nurse. And, you know, I mean, it just looks like a knockout. And the uh, medical team was me and Stringer and then. The two people who drove the ambulance there. I got to meet them years later, and they <laughs> they were nice, you know. But uh, they uh, never dealt with anything that severe before. And so when, so then they, I, whenever they found out they had so much pressure on their brain, they probably cut into your. Oh, head. okay. So yes, yeah. So they brought me to a local hospital, which was five minutes away. So at the local hospital, that's when they started going, "Hey, man." We can't touch this kid. Like, there's See, something here. That's another thing I told those EMS workers. I said, you need to run this as a, t- you need to take this to a level one trauma facility. Yeah. They took me to a local fucking hospital. Like, yeah. dude, no, don't, no, stop, go, go strictly. You got to go to level one. Yeah. They're the only ones who can handle this. You have to, go. and that's why but I Why saying, would you think they would ignore your recommendation on that? I think most people come down to lack of training, <laughs> lack of being in that situation enough. 
They don't like. Were, I mean, saying were you just some jabroni that happened to be helping ref the oh, the, no. the event to them? You know what oh. I'm saying? No, I, I identified my credentials okay. to yeah, them yeah. and told them who I was. And Stringer is a doctor. And he, yeah. Uh, identified so it's probably out. easier to just drive to the local hospital they and, prob- and let them it. figure it out. They yeah. probably called their director mm-hmm. and said, "What should we do on the way there?" And they said, "Take them here Protocol. and make a decision." Yep. Which is, lawyers say that's the right decision. Yeah. And you know that could have killed me though. But the lawyers will say, "We got your back," and as long as the right. lawyers have your back, it's, right? You know, it's kind of a disgusting area to think about, but it could have killed you. Luckily, it didn't. Yeah. So they get you to the hospital. They yeah, they looked me over and then they. I mean, within minutes, my parents had just gotten there when they said, yeah, we're going to have to take this guy to Fargo because, mm-hmm. um, which is a, probably an hour away because it's by like, flight or by drive, um, by driving. Okay. And they uh, airlifted you right to Fargo. So that's the thing is they said, Hey, we can get a chopper here. That's, at, you know, or, you know, the helicopter or whatever. Um, because it, they didn't have one there. They were the ambulance people that you, t- that were there, they were like, Hey, We'll get them. We'll get him there faster than by the time the chopper gets here. So mm-hmm. no, they drove me all the way oh, to Fargo, wow. and they they said they had a record time yeah. to get there. Yeah, but there's that, that's also time when they can't work on you like an air, right. an air crew could. Did we say where, did we say where where you were coming from to Fargo? What's that? Where did you leave from to go to? Fargo? I left from Detroit Lakes. Detroit Lakes. We did yeah, say. Okay, Minnesota. Sorry. Yeah, to yeah. Fargo, North Dakota. And I mean, they were hitting yeah, fourteen minutes or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, well it over hundred miles. One an hour. straight road though with no. Turns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, don't and, do, they don't do turns up north. <laughs> they had to call in a, a specialist for my brain. Yeah. To be there waiting for me. Well, at least they did that. Called ahead of it. Oh yeah, like hey, dude, you need to get there point. soon. Um. Yeah, which would have been nice if they just went right from the event center straight to mm-hmm. the level one trauma facility, like yeah. we told them to do. Yeah, but again, they have their directors. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean they have to, they have their rules to follow. Too, so then so. you, so then essentially they just the surgeons do their job, the specialists do their job r- right way. They depressurize your brain. Yeah, so damage the, is done. The pre- the guys there, he does the um, they drilled a hole in my head to relieve the brain pressure, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a good friend of mine now. Believe it or not, the doctor, mm. I love that guy. Dr. Lindley, he's he's a great dude. Yeah, and uh, uh, he said, "Yeah, dude, man, when I had to I had to drill a hole in your head to get the br- to relieve that brain pressure, he said there was so much pressure that your that the uh, the blood actually hit the ceiling. That amount of brain pressure Ooh. came out, and uh, it's yeah. like ER, Gray's Anatomy, or some shit. Yeah, he he was he said that that's." You know, one of, he like said a couple orca. couple more minutes. It would have been your your brain would have actually been suffocated by its own blood. Yeah, which is a wild thing. Yeah. So then they drilled that. They got me stabilized, but they still they gave me ten percent chance of surviving that night because of what because of the duration of time being without oxygen. You have to remember, I had been without oxygen for so long that um, you know, with my brain being choked by itself out, it's, you know. They don't, they didn't know how much damage if I was even gonna, if I was gonna survive that night, you know, at what, like what, you know, uh, cognitive would he be? Would he be a vegetable? Would he be, you know, be able to talk, walk, function? So there was that, you know, there was so many uphill battles that it was like, okay, we're going to be able to get him past. So then moving forward, they were like, okay, he, I, I survived the night, obviously. 
and they're like, okay, well, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. I'm alive, guys. But uh, they said there was no brain function for, you know, they couldn't get any brain function to yeah, on their scans, pop mm-hmm. up on their scans or whatever. But, you know, once they were able to get some sort of functioning, they're like, hey, we don't know if he's going to be able to walk, talk, function. So we need to either have, I think it was like 10 or 14 days without me getting awake or improvement wise where they were going to have uh we need either unplug or you know cut the things off or you know end of life type situation true true story i I know it's crazy or they were talking about that at a 14 day cutoff at a 14 day they were like hey if there's no improvement you're gonna have to figure you know, we're going to have to figure something out. I Rumor has it your wife argued for seven days. Is there a seven-day policy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, are you sure it's this long? That seems like a lot. <laughs> this seems like a lot. The guy, I got to be to work. <laughs> we're going to have to figure something out. So then, uh, you know, at that 14-day, you know, they're like, if, if you need to, we need to figure this out or, you know, try to keep them on here longer for um, long-term care, which is, you know, like a nursing home for you know, injured people. And, uh, I don't remember. They, they ended up noticing that I was there, that I was there, you know what I mean? But not awake. So they made a decision because then that's when they found the one stroke in my neck. They found that I had a stroke in my neck, which did something with my vertebrae. And they were like, okay, well, he's going to be paralyzed on his left side because of the stroke. But they didn't find that lower stroke that actually paralyzed my lower half. And uh, that was until I had woken up, but I still didn't know nothing. You know what I mean? Like cognitively there. And uh, we're, we're not smiling at your potential paralysis. We're smiling at the dog coming down to vomit. This little, cute, little- <laughs> this little cute puppy. And uh, yeah, so I mean, they figured all that out and then. After, after some testing they're like so you got to remember there was a lot of shit there was a lot of like not yeah. just dan's gonna be okay type of situation like okay we got strokes it's that's a one step at a time program <clears throat> oh one step and we're getting updates of okay first thing is dan's alive mm-hmm. he made it to the hospital he's still alive mm-hmm. that's a that's a actually a small step one because even knowing you're like okay so this could just be very temporary in a few hours from now we're going to get another update that's very much going the other direction. Yeah. And then the next morning, knowing you're still alive the next morning, that's not a night you're getting sleep. Right. Anybody who was there. Right. Working on that scene. And the next morning hearing that you're alive is the first time of like, all right, there's some relief. Oh, for sure. But then the immediate thought of everybody. And if you were in our situation, I know how you are. Your first thought is, too is what's quality of life. Yeah. Life. Yeah, and, and you know my guy. wife. You know my wife knows that. You know, Amy. Let's be honest, man. If I can't walk, I'm gonna be pretty upset. Yeah, and uh, that's well, one of the things. I, like, I like walking. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you're an active person. I am a very active person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. You know, no disrespect, but that's just me. I, I don't. That's not well, my quality of life. Nobody, nobody's like you know, it'd be cool. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, you know what would be cool. <laughs> but you're also the type of person who would figure out how to make the most of it, and you would have been right. okay. We could all, but you know, it's like the whole thing. We're like, okay, if there's a ten percent, he's had so much brain trauma, and there's, and there's a ten percent chance of living, and now we're just excited that he's alive. Well, will he ever feed himself again? Exactly. Will he be? Will he be in, in 
in some kind of care facility and his kids thinking about your kids and you're thinking about your yep. your wife and how young every your whole family is oh, and yeah. everything, you know mid twenties I think I was. Man, and it's just like there's so much other stuff to consider that's going on, not just you, it's the stuff around you. Yep. And then it's like thinking about you and how will you feel if you have any thoughts at all in your head, how are you gonna feel having to be reliant on oh, so dude, many that's... people? That's a rough life, honestly. It's this you know? movie, Cinder, uh, the Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, it was like right? a it was like Million Dollar Baby, but she doesn't I, have a family. Yeah. <laughs> like that was kind of the point true. of the movie. Yeah, like, I know. It's actually harder when you're like, thinking of it's. You know, it's a hard thing to think about. All these people are going. to You have to, to remember. Think. I mean, my wife was twenty something. You know, mid twenties at that time, having to make big decisions because my parents are huge. Like, hey, this is your family. You know, not the takeover parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they let my wife do, you know, yep. make a lot of the big decisions. You know, Chats off to them. That's a good style parent. You know, that that was great. It's like, hey, this is your future husband. And you. Yeah. Because that made, that made a stressful moment no more stressful than it needed to be. Oh, yeah. Where other other people thinking their age is a certain authority. Yeah. 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 Um, We're going to take over here and you're not going to. Yeah. yeah, no. And your parents are in a highly emotional state, well, too, yeah. at that point. Be able to see so. Well, you have reasonable. to remember because we were fighting, you know, the the trachea damage, the brain bleed, you know, the the stroke in my neck, and uh, you know all the all those situations. Like the guy's been without oxygen for how long? You know, now, we got to figure something out. So then that's when you know at I don't remember what day it was. You know, day let's say eight. They were like, okay, well, we found an aneurysm in it that that bled. So we're going to have to, we had a brain aneurysm and we're going to have to figure that out. So now that's another fucking wrench in that, you know, like, Hey, we got to figure this thing out because the doctor said, if, if it bursts, dude's done, it's over. Now, if we do surgery on it and we are able to, so doing the surgery, they have to take a vein out of your wherever legs, spine, whatever, and then wrap the aneurysm to keep it tight. So it doesn't expand. Um, then I'm, then I'm paralyzed for life, quadriplegic. And then that's my wife, like, dude, I don't, you know, we're at a catch 22 here. Like that's a tough pill to swallow at her age. I don't, you know, so my so dad, the, the decision is, do we deal proactively with this aneurysm or let it go? Let it just play itself. But the solution to the aneurysm causes paralysis. Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, they have to take some sort of vein. It's a pretty easy decision to make if you're a young person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey man, we're gonna be able to, you know, work on it. But if it if we accidentally disturb it enough and it blows, he's dead on the table. Or if we're able to success, successfully do it, he's paralyzed for life. Like, that's your options. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad straight up asked the doctor, like, hey, if it was your kid. What would you do? And the doctor's like, I would leave it alone. Do not touch that aneurysm. Let's just come back to it and and see what what's going on with it. Because it had a small brain bleed on it. He said, just leave it alone. Let's see if it heals itself. And let's play it by book. I guess, uh, or play by year. I, he, I guess he got yelled at by like all these other doctors kept, you know, Cause he reached out to a bunch of other neurosurgeons and they were like, dude, you need to do surgery on it now, you know? And he's like, Hey dude, this is a young guy. Let, let, let this play out. 
and uh luckily it did but yeah so there was all that i suppose legally from their perspective what the fuck do any of us know about it but it's easier to argue after the fact in the worst case scenario that here's the action we took yeah versus we decided not to take action yeah even if one was smart or not it's still you either did something or you didn't yeah and that's got to be a tough for a, a neurosurgeon to just sit there and go hey man i have to figure this thing like i have a choice that i need to make and it's going to impact this person this patient's life forever you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and thankfully he wasn't you know gung-ho like you have some doctors that are super proactive like let's do this now He's because he said a lot of neuro uh, neurosurgeons uh, are like super big on like getting it done. Like, let's just get in there and get done. And uh, thankfully he didn't. But uh, so then they found. So I do remember this part. They used to stab or uh, poke my in between my feet with a needle to see if I had any feeling in my lower half. And I, you know, there for whatever a week or so, I didn't feel anything. But then finally I would feel something and then they were doing, they, they felt that they seen that I had feeling and they're like, man, what the hell? So then that's when they did the other scan and found the lower, uh, my lower um, stroke. So then they were like, okay, we can rebuild that. So that's when I and rebuild that as in rehab. So they were like, okay, he's not paralyzed. So we're okay. So we had, but that's the thing. I had a left side that was extremely damaged by the stroke and then i had my lower half that was affected by the stroke so i was fighting two different paralysis if you will or i don't know you're more of a medical man than i am (laughs) i don't know how to explain i had two different situations that needed to be addressed yeah you need blood flow in two spots yeah you had to blow in a fuse in two different spots um, yeah um wow yeah look this is a lot of lucky breaks um in this story and thank god for modern medicine yeah um, but still, you're not out of the woods yet. Mm-mm. You survive all this, and now are, you're still in a stroke, or you're no, you're not. In a, you're not. No, I'm not sorry, stroke. You're uh, you're back to conscious. You're not in a um, coma, thank right? You, anymore. And but I remember you how you spoke at that time was very much of a person who is a stroke victim. Yeah, and you had slurred speech, mm-hmm. right? And you had loss of. Did you have full function? You didn't have full no. function of your hand. Your mm-hmm. left side was my left side was completely, completely uh, paralyzed. How long did it take you to walk again after this? Oh, dude, a couple months. And rehab every day. Rehab. So yeah, rehab was physical rehabilitation. Physical, physical rehab every day for a few months, but then I had to do like a month and a half of outpatient as well. Well, now. The physical rehabilitation, we've seen it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like the stuff we see, you know, the two bars, yep, right? Yep, 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 yep. Learn how to walk and everything. But you had just before this, your most recent four weeks before this, mm-hmm. were an intense fight camp mm-hmm. to get in the best shape of your life. Yeah. Which was harder? Physically. Which which was more of like, oh God, this is taking Rehab. All day. Is it because of how limited you were? It was just like this is really freaking hard. Yeah, you got to remember that's the physical, but you're you're fighting your brain at the same time. You're mm-hmm. trying to relearn things that your mind tells you you already know how to do. Like the fuck you doing trying to walk? You already know how to walk. Why is it so difficult for you? So not only are you trying to like 
push through the you know the experience with you know the yeah you know, the things you're also trying to ex- like fight with your brain like i know i'm hurt you're trying to tell me that i can walk but a physically like I, so my first memory was like when i woke up i had to take a piss but i'm like paralyzed i didn't know that i i just woken up from a coma i'm like oh i gotta go to the bathroom and so I jump out, like not jump out of bed. I pull myself out of my bed because I'm sleep. My legs are asleep, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, they're just sleepy. I <laughs> fell out of bed. The alarm went off and then they rushed the room and f- like freaked out on me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. No memory of what had happened. Yeah. So you got to remember like your memory is you're, you're, I'm, I can still run. I can still fight. I can still do whatever. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for you, bud, you can't. So you're in your mind, I can walk, I can run, I can jump. And physically you cannot. How scary was that when you realized? Well, it's terrible. It's the worst feeling in the world. I'm sure. I'm sure. Worst feeling in the world. Like you're confused. You don't know what the fuck is happening. Then they're explaining to you what's happening. And you're like, nah, this is just a dream. You don't know what's, Mm -hmm. this is a reality. Maybe I'm knocked out somewhere. Yeah. Like you got to remember, I didn't, I thought, I thought I had just like, (laughs) one of the questions was like, well, did I win? Did I win the fight? Yeah. Like, hey, dude, I don't think we need to worry about the fight right now. Yeah. So so that's the type of mentality you got to remember that that's going through my head. Like, this is no fucking big deal. What's going on here? So when they're telling you like, hey, bro, you're paralyzed right now. You had some strokes and I can't move my left half. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, I don't know what's happening because I can't compute reality. Yeah. It's the difference between your mind and your brain. Your physical brain is experiencing something. But in your mind, I wake up hundreds of times a year. Yeah. I wake up every morning, baby. So I'm awake. Let's get on with the day. But the brain isn't caught up with Mm it. The mind hasn't caught up with the brain. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And it's interesting. The things that your mind's doing, um, like you said about being, it doesn't want to learn how to walk again. Mm -mm. So when your mind's bored... It starts becoming like an obnoxious teenager. I already know this. What are yeah. we doing? I'm wasting oh, my time. Man, the but fights that f- I would have with the rehab people. But when you're in fight camp, your mind has no problem no. trying to push itself and learn new boundaries, even though it's like calorie expenditure wise. It's mm-hmm. gonna be about the same, right? How much yeah. you're sweating is about the same. Yeah. But your mind is all on board because it's like this is new, this is interesting. We're exciting, we're, we're growing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then your mind going like, I already know this basic one. I know how to two. fucking yeah. walk. I know how to sit down. I know how to fucking move my arms. And but it's not doing I've never that. considered ha- having to deal with a disruptive mind in that sense mm-hmm. before you know i understood like feeling upset feeling yeah maybe despair you know and whatever and then ironically the stakes are real in one yeah. of those situations oh, if, yeah. if, if you don't go to your fight after a fight camp like you're pissed as a 20 something year old dude who considers himself a fighter but fucking whatever 10 years later you won't remember whereas just the physical therapy after something like this it's like almost life or death oh for sure for sure yeah i mean it's one of those things where like everybody always asks me well fuck man what was the worst part the worst part is trying to get your body to do what it already knows what to do yeah it already knows how to do this shit and you're fighting it every step of the way every second and you're trying to stay calm with yourself but you're fighting yourself. You're fighting them. I had a massive brain injury. So my temperament was off. So I I had extreme mood swings. I was a very, at that time, I was a lot of, I was a lot of a little bit of a lot. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I would cry, laugh, smile, pissed off, like within seconds of each other. So 
if they're trying to tell me how to walk or tell me to walk and I didn't want to continue doing it, th- that's the thing in uh, the interview, you know, you'd have to, they would show me walking on these things and then I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Well, no, you're not done. You got to do it again. It's like, I already fucking know what I'm doing, but you don't, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that's when the extreme emotions would come out. Like, I don't know how many times I freaked out on them and said, just take me to my room. Just, <laughs> I'm done. You know, it, it, you'd have to do that. Then you'd have to do a balloon. They'd throw a balloon at you. You'd have to catch it. Mm-hmm. That type of shit. Like, I'm not eight years old. Like, don't throw a balloon at me. I know how to catch a balloon, but realistically, you're paralyzed. You have to learn those things. But in your fighter's mind, yeah. you're like, send me to my room, come back in an hour. I'll be doing burpees in here i'll be doing yep. air squats i'll be shadow boxing you'll see me yep i'm just gonna will my way through this oh yeah by the end of the night yeah. i'm young i'm strong i'm strong i'm young Fuck and then it. reality sets in every time you get up to go that- the biggest i think the biggest fucking obstacle in human i mean for an injury in human life is is we all take it for granted walking mm-hmm. it's huge my walking my gait if you will is what they call it is still off you know i can't walk a straight line have to, I mean, if you pull me over and make me do a, a field sobriety test, I'm failing it 9.5 out of 10 times. Cause he's wasted all the time. That too. <laughs> that too. You know what I mean? It's like everybody takes that for granted because I mean, we're, yeah. we're all accustomed to it. We're all used to it. You know, been doing it since you were one year old. Yeah, you've been doing life. it your whole life. You don't know how to not do it. It's, it's not like breathing. You know what I mean? Well, and you never, as far as you could remember, not you, but any of us, you don't remember practicing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, ju- you just learn to yeah, walk exactly. when you were a kid. That's a good so point. So for all of your conscious memory, you can just do this. Yeah. I don't have and to then teach now you, you can. how to walk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had to teach me that. They had to throw, like I said, balloon. They started with a balloon. Uh, I had to walk straight lines. They had, I had to close my eyes and try to try to walk a straight line they had me carry baskets right so when i started being able to walk they'd try to do like we're going to teach you things to do at home like your normal life like put your pants on brush your teeth all those shit all that shit i would have to do tie your shoes tie your shoes yeah every There's literally an incredible amount of mobility into tying your shoes when you're limited oh yeah oh for sure if you can't tie your shoes today it takes a lot of work to get to tires yeah to the point where you can't tie your shoes and then i remember one uh one thing they had me do is uh i'd have to carry a basket like an empty basket but it was uh to pretend like i'm going up stairs with laundry or downstairs with laundry and i'm like lady i'm not gonna do this shit my wife does the laundry (laughs) the fuck i gotta do this you know what i mean like what your wife slipped her a 20 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like teach this guy how to do that make sure he goes over how to clean a toilet yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. an up and down left and right so, game you know? tell him it's standard <laughs> occupational therapy uh after i uh, believe it or not after rehab you know after years later or whatever you know i it was like man i would i would love to do that those guys are unsung heroes for sure you'd like to do that for a career yeah you know yeah um those those you know male and female those those people put in a lot of fucking work for, I'm assuming not a lot of pay. I don't know what they make, but the, the not enough, not, no, not, not enough at all. No. Like what they went through with the verbal abuse from me, mm-hmm. from a patient. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you're also a patient who wants to get better and wants to work. Yeah. Think of the people who have never been asked to do, to work hard in their lives. Yeah. And now they wake up in this situation where they're asked to do, what a fighter considers to be an impossible camp. Yeah, and, and as a impossible. fighter, as a as an athlete, you have to go from infancy 
to adulthood in a few months, few amount of months. And it's like, why? I know it, I, this is dumb. This, this is not me. Like you're telling me to do things as a, as a fucking four-year-old that I'm not, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I'm not a kid. I don't have to do this. And you know, you're fighting yourself. You're fighting them. You're fighting your brain, your pride. And, and that is a huge thing. I remember when, um, finally at one point they were like, okay, we're going to let you go to your mom's house. Cause my parents lived in Fargo. Um, go there for the night. We'll, we'll give you a day pass. We'll let you go out for the night. And then you, you have to come back tomorrow in the morning. And I'm like, nah, I'm not coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is one of those things like, mom, I'm not coming back, but you know, you need to show us that you can do these things before we let you out. So that's one of those incentives. Like, fuck it. I'll play their stupid game. Mm-hmm. I know how to do all this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just, I've been laying in bed for a while. So that's the that's the trick that you're playing on yourself. You've been laying in bed for a while, but you can do these things. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You just show them what they want, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't take it serious for a, at all, long time doing shit like, you know, relearning to walk, talk, you know, my slurred speech, um, my left side, I had to rebuild everything on my left side and I didn't, you know, whatever. So I went home to my parents that night or, you know, whatever, hung out, had a great time. And, uh, you know, my mom, she was just, my mom was great, you know, even at home for that day, like, you got to do these things. Yeah. You got to do this. I'm like, what? No, I'm not in rehab today, mom. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, we get back to the hospital next day. I was bawling. Like, I can't get out of this vehicle. Please don't make me go. You know what I mean? And my mom, there's a grown ass man bawling his eyes out. You know what I mean? It's like, but it, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't know how real it is until that moment. And I don't think I, I don't think, I don't think I knew exactly how real it was until like, okay, the doctor, there's doctors there with wheelchairs, like, okay, time to go. And I'm like, fuck, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I can't do it. I cannot do this anymore. You know what I mean? That's the breaking point is when they, when they give you something and then say, okay, now we have to start technically not over again but in your brain it's like but for what you just took it all away from me you know what i mean you just went from i am maybe invincible Mm -hmm. you can lock me in a cage with somebody and they can thump on me all they want yeah and short of weapons i'm invincible you ask me to run five miles today and then come back and fist fight people i'll do it no problem I, i don't need water i don't need food i'm invincible oh yeah to i can't get up on my own Mm -mm. and when this uh, you take me back in that hospital it's just another reminder of how far i've fallen all the way back to the oh dude yeah oh and another thing is you know i wasn't allowed uh you know a phone i wasn't allowed uh radio tv so what'd you do for to kill time laid in bed just staring at the ceiling are you yeah do so with it being paralyzed I, i should you not my hearing was in fucking peckable okay yeah so they had a clock in that room i'll never forget it and and it would just tick, tick, tick away as loud as possible because there was no sound. So when you had people come visit you, I would like beg them to stay, like cry, like, please don't go. Oh, You know what I mean? Because you didn't have any, like the nurse wasn't in there with you 24 hours a day. You only had therapy for like a couple hours. That was it. And then that's it. Like once every few hours, they'd come check on you. Like, why don't they allow you to have anything? Because of the brain injury. So with a traumatic brain injury, they didn't want, they didn't want too much stim they would call it too much stimulation so they would have the tv off 
They would have the phone, right? Nothing. Oh my so God. you're just laying, laying in bed, just staring at the fucking ceiling for that amount of time going, okay, this sucks. So what does that, what happens when you're alone in a room by yourself? We've all been alone in a car yeah. by ourselves for a couple hours. You know, you start thinking of things. Yeah. And so the whole fight, everything, the whole, I, I kid you not, the whole time I was in that room by myself, I, you know, I made the poorest decisions ever in life. Everything I, 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 every decision I made was just like amplified times 10. Mm-hmm. So I was very, I was very disgruntled, not happy. You know what I mean? Um, with everything, with my life, you know, I got super depressed, super angry about everything, you know, and, um, yeah, that was like that for a couple months in the hospital, like where they didn't they didn't allow me to have fucking any noise. Even after rehab, I would I would only be limited. Like if I'm in a room and there'd be a lot of noise, I had to exit that. I had to, I had to get out of that room and like go to a quiet place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. To let the brain your brain has to yeah. heal again, man. So. And this, I saw you for the first time after all of this. I mean, and you still were having a hard time getting around. Oh, yeah. Talking. And I remember seeing you for the first time and thinking, seeing other people have been in that situation and thinking, so that's probably it. Oh, yeah. This is probably, hey, now Dan's going to show up at fights. They're going to bring him up in between in, uh, Amis and pros. And they're going to say, hey, everybody remember Dan? And he's going to raise his hand. Yeah. And he's going to stagger back to a yep. nice seat. And people are going to come pat him on the back. And then the generation's going to cycle through. And it's just kind of yeah, not going to no. be a thing. See, I, I wanted nothing to do with Ooh. fighting after that. Nothing to do with MMA. Really? Nothing. Well, no, why not? Just, <laughs> I, we're I was, we're no, joking. but from, from no. yeah, yeah, man, now I was just so fucking, I was so mad at everybody everybody did me dirty mm-hmm. you don't blame yourself no how stupid would you be to blame yourself it's not my fault this has happened to me it wasn't the decisions i made that caused me to be in this fucking hospital room it's your fault mm-hmm. it's your fault your fault your fault so the first thing i did when i uh, i got home because i told my wife you know i told my wife like i said lawyers were involved with that whole situation dude honestly it was a lot bigger of a deal than than uh than i knew at the time and uh uh, MMA, you know, I had a lot of friends in that thing. So the, the suing situation was never us. It was my insurance that went after the promotion, not us personally. So so that that I was cool with. But I was like, once we get home, when I got home, I had a room, especially for like my title fights, my belts, all my awards, every pictures. Mm-hmm. I had mats, four, mat, gym mats. I had uh, I had a tanning bed. I like to tan for my fights, you know. I knew fighters were doing that. They were. They were. Uh, I had fucking workout gear. I had my friend, a good friend of mine. I just called him and said, come get it all. Everything. I want everything thrown away that you don't want. Burn it all. So I, I had my buddy come over. And he's like, dude, are you sure? But you got to remember, I was my brain was fucking, I was a weird, weird guy when I got out of rehab. I promise you. And I'm like, yep, fucking out of here. Get it all out of here. Uh, he took my belts. I took the belts and threw them in a burn pile. And, uh, you know, a bunch of photos, a bunch of a bunch of memorabilia of mine type shit. 
And uh, I didn't burn it at the time. I, you know, I was like, I'll come back to that. Luckily, thank God my wife went in there and, and grabbed it all and just put it away. Didn't tell me about it. Just put it away. And my buddy got cleared the room out, cleared it all out because I was just so mad at everything. I told everybody that I knew, like, fuck off. I, you know, I don't want to talk to you guys mm-hmm. there for a long time that I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't want to be a part of any show. You know, remember, I in October of that year, I got married. I had to walk down the aisle. Well, I had a cane, but I told my my best man, like, here, we're going to take the cane. You, if I fuck up, you got to grab me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was very, so I, so I held on to him. Even with my wife, I'd hold mm-hmm. on to her to keep, you got to remember, like, as a kid, like, you're fucking not happy mm-hmm. at doing that. So I'm like, I want nothing to do with this show, with the MMA community. Uh, it took a while for me to come back. So the, the first one I think I came back to was, uh, you know, two year or a year later in Detroit Lakes for their big, you know, Detroit Lakes fight. Cause that's mm-hmm. where I got hurt at. So it was like an anniversary thing. Yeah. And, uh, it took a while for me to calm down on it. I can't believe after hearing all that you were you were able to make it to that first year anniversary show. Yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised that wasn't something like no, absolutely fucking not. I did style. not want to go. The only reason why I went is because my dad was going, and uh, you know, uh, Driller at the time, Driller Promotions uh, was really good to the family and really good to us, and uh, you know, really kind about everything and. And I'm like, you know, I went with my dad because my uncle lived there. So he's like, we're going to go up there. If you don't want to be there, just go to your uncle's house. So we went up there and I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll go with. But so I, so I didn't want to, I was so, so embarrassed because um, I couldn't do the hearing. It was so loud. So I didn't go in and I had a cane as a 20 something year old. If you got a cane, you know what I mean? Like that's fucking embarrassing. Did you not check out 90s rap back in the day? It wasn't bedazzled, bro. It wasn't bedazzled, though. Well, there's uh, a problem, sir. No no ninja sword inside? No, man. That was, uh, I think I had a fucking tennis ball at the end of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck. And uh, I sat in the parking lot. My, a couple of my friends came out and seen yeah. me in the parking lot. So I yeah. didn't actually, I didn't actually go in there. And, and then I, then I went into the front. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And then uh, they gave me time to was like. Was it intense when you stepped in? Was it as intense as you thought it was gonna be? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a whirlwind because you know a lot of people <sighs> haven't seen me, you know, and everybody's like, oh shit, shit, you know. Yeah. They think just because you're walking and talking, everything's all good, and you know. Want to come aggressively hug you? Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah. Even to this day, I have issues. Is like, you know, yeah. fuck. Well, I'm glad you're back for one. Yeah. Um, but so what made it stick? What made it, do you, is there anything you put of significance? Like I knew I had to be back in the community because of this or. Yeah. So, I mean, there, like I said, at the end, I was very, very unhappy, very pissed. I was fighting, uh, demons with myself. I'm, you know, my brain was playing a lot of tricks at me on me still at that time. Um, I started drinking fucking heavily, like really drinking, to the point where, you know, my mom called or because my friend owned a bar. Like, how cool is that? Your mm-hmm. friend owns a fucking bar. So I'd be at the bar drinking all the time. Yeah. And uh, my mom finally went down there and said, 
this dude is not to fucking have a drop. So, yeah, I mean, it's so bad that... <laughs> Sorry, bro, your mom says you can't have yeah. one. <laughs> hey, bro, you got to get the fuck out of here. Your mom yelled at me. That's not going to be cool. So, like, small we town weren't even... Allowed, yo, Wisconsin, man. Yeah, small, small town. And, uh, they, you know, even my house, my mom's house, they... Like I would, I would never was a wine drinker. I would just fucking, cause they were like, oh, Dan doesn't drink wine. We'll have wine here. Yeah. So they'd leave and I'd fucking just ch- chug it. Just nasty. But yeah. You Super know. bad hangover. And yeah. Like you know, I was fighting that shit, fighting alcohol abuse, you know, fighting everything. And then finally, um, you know, I, I was, I had to have an outlet, you know what I mean? So I started getting, talking to my fight my buddies who were teammates and shit like that and then uh so finally i was like you know what i i I need to calm down and start looking for things to help me get my mind better and they they were helping a lot of people helped me get through the the bad days you know what i mean and uh, i had an opportunity to take over a partnership and a lot of people were like oh man uh you know you got hurt on a driller card so like they gave you just a part of the company because so, they, so you wouldn't sue. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, dude, I had a lot of fucking sweat and tears that had to go into that. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't realize that a guy, the one of the original owners of that company who started that company uh, didn't want to do it anymore. Not because of that, but just because of, you know, situations. Mm-hmm. So I had a chance to buy him out, you know, and I ended up buying him out because I was like, man, I really love being a part of this. I, I'm over the fucking angry part. I'm over. That is not anybody else's fault except my own. You as a person, you make decisions every day that affect you. Unfortunately for me, that was my decision to make. That wasn't anybody's decision to make. I, you know, I made the decision and I want to be a part of this still. So I knew I couldn't fight anymore. That was over. And I'm like, well... I still want to be a part of it. So I had an opportunity to buy the guy out. And then, um, so I was a partner with um, Driller Promotions. What ended up, we ended up switching names after COVID to Ignite FC or Ignite Ignite Fights. So mm-hmm. so that- you When know, did that, you buy in? What's that? When did you buy in? I bought in, I, what is it, 2017? So three years after. So yeah, three- yeah, something like that. Recovery years. arc is three years yes. at this point. But you have to remember, I mean, um, I had 1.5 in hospital bills. 1.5. Fuck. Oh, $1,500 yeah. $1, in hospital bills? Yeah, yeah. One, one, yeah. Uh, 1. 1.5 million in hospital bills, dude. <sighs> and uh, that's why my insurance sued the promotion yeah. is because they were trying to dispute saying, you guys carry insurance. And that's a lot of these fighters don't understand that. Like, you don't have insurance. Are you fucking insane? Fight? Why are you fighting if you don't have insurance? Well, the the promotion has insurance. Yeah, dude, that's a secondary promotion, and or that's a secondary insurance. We cover that as a liability issue. If you get hurt on our show, we will cover X amount of dollars. That's it for the policy. Yeah, you know, and it's it's not enough. Never enough. You know, as me as a fighter, and now part of a promotion i'm going to tell you the truth that's not enough but that's what it's required and that's what we do and um this is how insurance works yeah, that's it like you can have liability only on a car it just means it's going to help pay for theirs correct whatever up replacement costs point. on theirs up to a certain point 
that doesn't help you with your comp, no not at all right so that's why you want comp coverage oh, or whatever sure, it's, it's sure. the same exact if i setup. wouldn't have had fucking insurance dude i would have died for sure the doctors mm. even say that like when you get when you mm. get quality of care like if you got no insurance and they're just fighting with the state insurance or the promotion insurance about everything they're gonna delay medication or anything that you need because they already know that most of that money's not coming back they're gonna delay that. They're gonna go. Well, why? Why rush these things? So when they knew the I had the problem will go away if we don't take care of this in a timely manner. Yeah, yeah, no big <laughs> and then deal. Horns grow out of their heads, <laughs> wings through their backs, and they fly off. Hospitals all their money. don't get built just because of love. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, which is another disgusting. Yeah. So they they had they on. had fucking somebody had to, <laughs> somebody had to pay Give that. Give them a hand signal. <laughs> Calm down. I'm not going. Yeah. To yeah okay. Somebody had to pay Don't that bill. Don't get me started. And I'm like, <laughs> I remember this. I'll never forget this. I was in I was in rehab, so I was cognitive. You know what I mean? My dad. My dad's like, hey man, randomly like, hey, if somebody comes in here, uh, and tries to talk to you about insurance or anything like that, just tell them talk to my parents. And I'm like, okay, that was fucking random because like, I knew nothing. You know, I didn't know anything. So this lady came in my room one day, right? I was, I was so embarrassed. And she's like, hey, sir, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, good. Hey, uh, you got to talk to my parents. She was like, what? What do you mean? Uh, I said, oh, yeah, they just told me to tell you to talk to them. She's like, well, do you want any? I'm just offering. Do you want any pizza? I'm like, pizza? <laughs> what do you mean? And she's like, well, we're having a pizza party here for one of these residents. Would you like some? And the whole time I'm like. No, you just got to talk to my parents. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know what's happening. It was just a nice lady. And it turned yeah. out to be just a nice lady. Yeah. Maybe. Offering, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you want some pizza? He took the pizza contractually been, now? Yeah. We're off the hook. Mm -hmm. Hey, you want some pizza? You're, all, you're served. You've been served. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're no longer obligated to provide you with anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like the, those boxing promoters who walk around at the uh, Golden Gloves with a fake Rolex and be like, hey, it's just a watch. Just take the watch. It's just a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're Next good. thing you know, you're in the whole $2 million. Yeah, like, dude. And uh, it's one of those things where my dad's like, my dad, he, I love him to death. He means well. And, and then... uh you know, when I found out that I was in a lot of financial problems, like, fuck, man, I'm alive now. I'm going to die having to work this, pay this bill off. Like, one of these is going to kill me. Yeah. If the injury didn't kill me, the fucking hospital bill will. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Daniel, don't worry. Oh, you just filed bankruptcy. And I'm like, what? Now, mind just. you, I had just bought a truck, brand new truck, the week before my fight. I was actually cutting weight, doing the signature with my sauna suit on. So I'm like, fuck. And then a Such year a fighter move. Dude, I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, I can afford it. Oh, I'm just going to take a fight a month for the next 48 months. Yeah, baby. I just bought a house. I just bought a house oh, locally. Yeah. And so I'm like. Some nice jewelry. What do you mean bankrupt? I have to file bankruptcy on hospital bills, which I don't know if you can or not. Anyways, I don't yeah. know. But I'm like, I'm like super confused. I started crying, you know, because I'm like, God damn it. My life is literally over. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, I fast forward to get into buying of that company it was it was a godsend dude i mean i love being around a lot of the fighters I, I still know fighters that i mean weirdly enough still fight to this day you know nine years later they're still fighting which i love yeah. um but yeah being part of that promotion or a promotion is uh is amazing because you get to be around people that you still know and uh it's different from my aspect you get a lot of promoters who've never fought before or anybody on their staff that don't fucking fight, never fought before. So I get to be that buffer, if you will, with between fighters 
and fighter safety and like, hey, bro, you really want to do this? Or, hey, don't worry, I'll take care of you. We'll take, we'll make sure you're taken care of, you know, mm-hmm. any questions you have. Because fighter, I was a fighter. I We're all dumb. And I love all you fighters. They're all dumb. Let's be honest, you mm-hmm. know. Because because you have a min, you have a goal in mind, so you overlook the things you should shouldn't overlook. Mm-hmm. Let me overlook this. Let me overlook that. Well, and if you don't, to a certain extent, if you're looking at every possible situation where it could go wrong, you'll never get in that cage. Never. You'll probably never get, make it into sparring. No. But there's got to be a balance. I think that balance only usually comes through good coaches teammates sometimes family members Mm -hmm. sometimes the opposite through all those people comes flooding in and you're actually being hurt more and then it comes back to you and your decisions of who do you trust and who are you listening to yeah and if you know somebody truly like your wife's obviously shown that she's ride or die and she's always there for her so going in the future if she says hey i don't want you doing this or this seems like it's an actual problem and not just something that you can quote unquote handle when it comes Mm -hmm. then you're gonna listen to her right yeah but you know what you know yeah so you pass it on to the fighters hey who's been there for you all the time through the thick and the thin and then listen to them first oh you have to you know what i mean it's like there were so many warning signs leading up to it like the wife you missed weight yeah yep coach is telling you don't take that fight yeah it's not worth it you got a bellator fight coming up yep and the wife was like, do it. Just don't do it. Just wait. You took a boxing match. I took the boxing match just for a couple extra bucks. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's party. You know, I was a big, I was a big, uh, I don't want this to be part of my income. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll pay my gym fees. I'll give this money away because then, then you're fighting for money, mm-hmm. which a lot of fighters do. A lot of, not a lot. Some fighters will just, that's their paycheck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight for 800 bucks this weekend. No, nah, dude, they're offering you four and four yeah. against a tough dude. You're only getting four. Yeah. And that's the thing. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get 800. No, you're not. No. Okay. So I always made you're it a point. You're not going to get 400, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get about 100. Yeah. So I always made it a point to like get rid of that money as fast as I could. Yeah. Like not smartly, but whatever, you know. Yeah, it's Conor McGregor, early Conor McGregor philosophy. Say the same thing. What do you do with this bonus money? I'm spending it all, so I'm hungry tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the mentality is, you know, some of these fighters are like, you know, paycheck fighters. You're not going to get a career out of it. All right. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning into the Pohada podcast. Please check out the Patreon where you will find another hour or so of this conversation. Focus more on a little bit of inside baseball and old war stories of the fight game. And check the show out on social media at the Pohada podcast, as well as Chris at Dive Bar Black Belts.